the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The mayor of El Paso declares a state of emergency due to the migrant surge. When it comes to addressing border issues, and uh, so it's, it's alarming to what's going to happen next week. A new Twitter file release reveals how the FBI used Twitter to censor speech. A campaign by the FBI. Uh, that really is outside of the bounds of anything we would expect them to do. Russian stocks have taken a beating since the Ukraine invasion. Putin's been only able uh, to sort of stay afloat PR-wise. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories. For Monday, December 19th, I'm Mike Scott. Today's edition of the Daybreak Insider Podcast is sponsored by Epic TV. Epic TV is a censorship-free video platform with original news programs like Crossroads, The Larry Elder Show, Facts Matter, American Thought Leaders, and Documentaries investigating critical issues that are not covered anywhere else. Looking for an unbiased, truthful, and resilient news source? Then check them out today. Daybreak Insider listeners can enjoy this special offer. Sign up and start watching. No credit card required. No strings attached. Subscribe within 14 days, and it's just $1 for two months. So go to watchepic.com slash daybreak and subscribe. That's watchepoch.com slash daybreak. This week, Title 42, a Donald Trump-era law that was implemented in order to refuse migrants' entrance into the country due to the pandemic, is set to expire. This is leading many lawmakers across the country to warn that the immigrant crisis at the southern border is set to get much worse. So far, the law has been used to turn back more than 2.5 million migrants since March of 2020. Texas Governor Greg Abbott, who has made headlines with his decision to take illegal immigrants and bus them to Democrat-led sanctuary cities, says that his administration's resources are spread thin. We have every level of government doing everything we can to prevent people from coming into the country illegally or repelling them or arresting them and putting them behind bars. Abbott says that he believes the removal of Title 42 is a mistake. If the courts do not intervene uh, and, and put a halt to the removal of Title 42, it's going to be total chaos. Joe Khalil of News Nation explains the numbers that the Department of Homeland Security expects to see when Title 42 ends. The COVID-era policy is set to expire Wednesday. And when it does, Homeland Security expects the number of migrants seeking asylum will rise dramatically, on top of already record-shattering numbers. 
border agents encountered nearly 2.4 million migrants at the southern border this year, averaging 7,500 a day. And they say that number may double. Khalil points out that the situation on the border has become so desperate that Democrats on Capitol Hill are changing their tune when it comes to the importance of immigration. It wasn't that long ago that uh, sources I've spoken with on the Democratic side of the aisle didn't really want to speak publicly about the border situation. Now it seems as though there's an acknowledgement across the board that something more needs to be done. This news comes as the Democrat mayor of El Paso declared a state of emergency over the continued influx of illegal immigrants, which is expected to get worse with the expiration of Title 42. According to reports from El Paso, the city has been inundated with more than 80,000 illegal immigrants who crossed the U.S.-Mexico border and were released into the community in the last four months. El Paso's mayor says that he invoked the declaration of emergency because hundreds of illegal immigrants were sleeping outside in the cold while thousands are still coming over the border every day. Arizona Sheriff Mark Daniels says that the end of Title 42 is, in his opinion, a public safety crisis. Three things that sheriffs look for is public safety, national security, and also humanitarian. So that's a big thing with my colleague sheriffs uh, throughout the nation, and we address that. Uh, it's a big thing we're concerned about here as this measure, Title 42, goes away next week. What's there to replace it on an operational plan? Uh, and I can tell you right now, we haven't seen it. We have not seen it, uh, which continues on the lack of engagement we've had with this administration, Congress, and also the president when it comes to addressing border issues. And uh, so it's, it's alarming to what's going to happen next week. Daniels points out that many criminal arrests were tied to individuals who have crossed over the southern border. In my county since January of this year till November 15th, over 1,400 people were arrested for state crimes with a border connection. We've had over, since March, we've had over 500 victims of crimes, of felony crimes in my county uh, with a border nexus. It is a huge impact to my county. So we're going to continue doing what we do. Uh, mayors, sheriffs, community leaders, hopefully our governors, we have to stand united. We need the federal government not to throw money at it, but to fix, to fix the root cause. And that's border security, number one. Immigration number two, we just can't keep throwing money on this surge. It's never going to fix it. Daniel says that the Biden administration has not yet sat down with any sheriff from a border state to discuss the issues. I get very little from the federal government. We're right on the border. Uh, besides our agents that work hand in hand that are restricted right now because they've been re, um, reassigned for processing duties. So we're all dealing with these financial challenges. But what's not being discussed is why are they coming now? Why are we have such a record number, five million, four million breaches, another million on top of that for gotaways in this country, over a thousand deaths on U.S. soil from migrants that came across the border and died on U.S. soil. That's humanitarian, but nobody's addressing how we secure and manage our border better. In fact, what I hear is lack of engagement, by the fact is they have not sat down. And just to make this, Natasha, I think it's an important statement. The President Biden, we've asked numerous times that national sheriffs to sit down and talk to us. Let's engage our communities. He has never sat down with a sheriff in this country that I know of today.
According to reports, with the current rate of migrant crossings, by the end of the fiscal year, it will reach 5 million, the equivalent to adding seven new states. Rhode Island, Delaware, North Dakota, South Dakota, Alaska, Vermont, and Wyoming. North Korea has test-fired two ballistic missiles capable of reaching Japan. Daybreak Insider's Julie Walker has more on this developing story. The move by North Korea, a possible protest of Japan's adoption of a new security strategy to push for more offensive footing against the country and China. The launches come two days after the North claimed to have performed a key test needed to build a more mobile, powerful intercontinental ballistic missile designed to strike the U.S. mainland. South Korea and Japan condemned the North's latest missile launches. On Friday, the Japanese government adopted a national security strategy that would allow it to carry out preemptive strikes and fire powerful cruise missiles. I'm Julie Walker. Over the weekend, journalist Matt Taibbi added another thread on Twitter to flesh out his now viral Twitter Files reports, which were initially prompted by Twitter CEO Elon Musk giving Taibbi the social media company's internal documentation on banning and censorship in a bid to show transparency. In the latest thread, Taibbi alleges that Twitter employees had near constant communication with the FBI from 2020 to 2022. Elon Musk's newest Twitter file showing how cozy the relationship was between the FBI and Twitter right before he took over. Journalist Matt Taibbi's thread showing that there were more than 150 emails, 150 emails between the FBI and the safety chief, Yoel Roth, between January of 2020 and November of 2022. And while some of these exchanges were, quote, mundane, others are, quote, requests for information into Twitter users related to active investigations. Yes, I would call that cozy. And just how much attention the FBI paid to Twitter's election tampering, that was also revealed in the latest dump. Now, Taibbi tweeting that the FBI social media focused task force, which was created after the 2016 election, grew eventually to about 80 agents, 80 FBI agents. According to Taibbi's thread, Yoel Roth, former head of Twitter's Trust and Safety Division, took issue with some of the FBI's request, saying he believed the FBI's questions regarding user accounts were, quote, flawed, end quote. Roth wrote in one email to the FBI, in what ways and by what measures do you see official propaganda actors as less active than other groups on your platform? What groups are you comparing to official propaganda actors? And what quantitative metrics do you use to judge volume of activity on your platform? On what scale can you provide these metrics? Presumptive House Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy responded to the news by releasing a statement which, in part, read, It's what we feared, but it's even worse. The government is weaponizing businesses to go around the Constitution to go after Americans. John Ratcliffe, the former director of national intelligence, says that the revelations may show the FBI, in his opinion, 
are trying to mislead Americans by controlling narrative on social media. This was a domestic disinformation campaign. It involved uh, Democrats like Adam Schiff on the uh, you know, House Intelligence Committee. It involved uh, members of the media. It involved, uh, you know, according to FBI whistleblowers, uh, FBI agents. And it, of course, involved Twitter uh, and all of these working in concert, putting their not just thumb on the scale, but entire hand on the scale to mislead uh, the American people uh, in the weeks and months preceding a presidential election. Representative Mike Turner of Ohio joined Fox News and says that when Republicans take control of the House in January, they will open an investigation into what Taibbi alleges. Our committee became aware of these activities earlier this year, and I want to thank Elon Musk for bringing forward the information that he had, because you know, why we pursue the intelligent community to try to hold them accountable. While we're doing that, Elon Musk is showing what's happening on the other side with the willing partners, the mainstream media, social media, and really exposing the, the coordination that was occurring between the FBI and them. Now, it is my understanding from our contacts that we've had with the FBI that there are secret files that the FBI has of these contacts that they were having with social media uh, and with mainstream media. And it has been our objective to get a hold of those files to see the extent of this so we can stop it, uh, we can cut off the funding and prevent, obviously, you know, average Americans being impacted by FBI actions. They have been resistant to this uh, point, and we certainly intend to pursue subpoena power to expose the extent to which the FBI has been doing this. Turner goes on to say that the FBI's coordination with social media is troubling. Well, the FBI had under the cover of saying that they were pursuing foreign malign influence had really exploded into an, an activities that in, involved engaging with mainstream media and social media and really impacting what is the normal debate of democracy. Now, what's very troubling here, in my opinion, this was not based on intelligence. You had John Radcliffe on your own show saying, for example, the Hunter Biden laptop, which the FBI was trying to intervene and in, saying that was Russian misinformation. He said there was no intelligence that substantiated that. I believe that in the end, we will find that there's no intelligence that supports the FBI doing this, that this is a, a campaign by the FBI. Uh, that really is outside of the bounds of anything we would expect them to do, and certainly, you know, very constitutionally troubling. Taibbi revealed that there were over 150 emails shared between the Bureau and former Twitter Trust and Safety Chief Roth that were dated between January 2020 and November of 2022. Roth stepped down from his post after Musk became the social media company's CEO, despite initially being embraced by the new leader. The Commerce Department is adding 36 Chinese companies to an export control blacklist. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters has had a look at that list. The department cites concerns over national security. The addition of the companies to the entity list means that export licenses will likely be denied for any U.S. company trying to do business with them. It signals a hardening of U.S. efforts to prevent China, especially its military, from acquiring advanced technologies such as leading-edge computer chips and hypersonic weapons. That comes as the Biden administration is moving to beef up American manufacturing capabilities for semiconductors and other advanced technologies. Keith Peters reporting. According to reports, 10 months after Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine, sanctions leveled against Russia 
have led to an exodus of investors, making the country's economy one of the worst performers. Some experts say that while a few reports suggest that Russia has stood up to sanctions better than anticipated, the stock market paints a very different picture. Russian equities have been excluded from global benchmarks. And exchange-traded funds tracking the country's shares have been either frozen or closed. Vladimir Milov is the former Russian deputy minister of energy, who is now in exile, and says that Russia's economy is in a bad state. Uh, as a matter of fact, to put it shortly, sanctions are having devastating impact across the board, across all sectors, supply side, demand contraction, investment, like everywhere. And uh, Putin's been only able uh, to sort of stay afloat PR-wise because he's been concealing a lot of statistics, a huge pile of statistics since the beginning of the war. On top of that, you have a very narrow number of Potemkin indicators which are manipulated GDP, unemployment, or uh, ruble exchange rate. As a matter of fact, central bank had shut down completely uh, free convertibility of rubles, something unseen in more than three uh, decades. If you look like unemployment, uh, on paper, it's the lowest on record. But there are about 5 million people, according to official statistics, who are under hidden forms of unemployment, unpaid leave, downtime, partial work, working week, and so on. You see, across different indicators, you see major economic contraction, which is significantly higher than uh, the official numbers that are stated by the Russian propaganda. The health of the housing market in the midst of rising interest rates comes into clearer focus this week with the release of a series of economic reports. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason takes a look at financial headlines you should be aware of for the week ahead. Monday will bring release of the National Association of Home Builders Home Builders Index for December. That's to be followed Tuesday by an update on the number of building permits issued and new houses started in November. A report on existing home sales due Wednesday, while Friday will bring an update on new home sales. Also this week, reports on consumer sentiment and the closely watched Consumer Confidence Index for December will be issued Wednesday. Rich Thomason reporting. wants to race. Don't race. That's ridiculous. All right, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Put your window down! You want something? Uh, he's probably drunk. It sounds like the plot from the classic movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. But this real-life group of strangers are now like family after a flight cancellation force them to get creative. Their flight was canceled, but instead of letting a travel nightmare derail their plans, they instead got creative. They, in this case, was a group of 13 strangers stranded at the Orlando airport, all needing to get back home to Knoxville, Tennessee. So having nothing in common but their final destination, they decided to rent a van and drive nine hours together, and they became a social media sensation in the process. According to passenger Alana's story, some of the passengers started talking and decided to rent a van to drive from Orlando to Knoxville, Tennessee. People overheard us talking about it and were like, oh, you're getting a van? Can I go too? So like, that's kind of how our group was born. Story says 
that what she cherishes most about the experience is that the diverse group of people came to love each other like family, exemplifying what America is all about. You can clearly see on your screen how different we are, and we were all able to come together. And that's kind of like the whole like premise of what our nation's about. So I'm really thankful that we were able to do that and give a good example of it. Michelle Miller, another passenger in the van, says that they all still talk every day in one big group chat. When we were at the airport and they said that our, their next flight available wasn't for another two days later. And so we're just sitting here like, what on earth? And the airline just wasn't really very helpful. And so we we're just kind of brainstorming, looking up flights were really expensive and inconvenient. There really wasn't a lot of options. And so when we just did it, we, we just, we all just went in and it worked out really well. And yeah, like you guys heard, we're, we're great friends. We have a group chat. We talk every day. It's just cr a, a crazy way to meet and get to where we needed to go. Miller believes that their story simply shows that there are still a lot of good people in this country. It just goes to show that there's still a lot of really great people out there and there's a lot of kindness in the world. And I think that we're all really craving happiness. More than a million people have viewed videos of the group of 13's spontaneous adventure. You're going the wrong way! What? You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.